0: We're going to look at the word speech, do a little bit of a, a word study tonight on a few aspects of speech. And, uh, so this is just a starting point tonight, my text, verse 7 of chapter 17. <clears throat> and I wanted to look at what is excellent speech. What is excellent speech? I like the word excellent in the Bible. It, it is uh, what we are to strive for as Christians in every aspect of our life for excellence. And uh, it takes devotion. It takes real um, effort to have excellence in anything. Um, I appreciate uh, looking at craftsmanship there's a There's a show on PBS and please don't get me wrong, I'm not a proponent of PBS disagree with everything they stand for primarily, but there's a show called the Craftsman and they go around this guy goes around the United States and finds craftsmen that that are excellent at their job and they are they are detail minded and uh, I am not fine detail minded it's not it's not I need to be more, but it's just not the way my personality is, necessarily. And so I look at these people, and I, and I, and I admire their, their ability to, to see things in their mind and make it happen. So they, they strive for excellence. Verse 7 of chapter 17 says, Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a priest, a, pri- a prince, not a priest, a prince. Excellent speech, I, I was thinking about it, excellent speech is not an oratory, it's not a, it's not a ability, it's not something that uh, you can learn in college, although I'm sure speech class helps, is that better, you all hear me now? That whole first part was just wasted. Right, back off. You can go now. They're back there waving the sign at me. Turn your mic on. You don't learn excellent speech in college. You don't learn it from a book. You get excellent speech from the grace of God. It, it is not self-serving as well. And, and so I want to look at what the Bible says about it. I, I found a few things about the tongue that I wanted to read to begin with tonight. And then we'll get into the message. Because a woman's vocal cords are shorter than a man... She can actually speak with less effort than he can. Did you know that? Shorter vocal cords not only cause a woman's voice to be much higher pitched, but it also requires less air to become agitated, making it possible for her to talk more with less energy expended. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Marriage counseling afterwards. I'm going to go find the counselor for my marriage. There's a place downtown, all right. Uh, Aesop, the ancient storyteller, told this fable. Once upon a time, a donkey found a lion's skin. He tried it on, strutting around and frightened many animals. Soon a fox came along and the donkey tried to scare him too. But the fox, hearing the donkey's voice, said, if you, want to ha- if you want to terrify me, you'll have to disguise your bray. Aesop's moral clothes can disguise a fool, but his words will give him away. That was pretty good. And some choice thoughts about the tongue. I don't know who wrote this. It says, about abrasive speech, many a blunt word has a sharp edge. Keep your words soft and sweet. You'll never know when you may have to eat them. About gossip, gossip is like soap, mostly lie. A gossip is just a fool with a keen sense of rumor. About profanity, profanity is a public announcement of stupidity. I thought, that is what my dad always taught me. You know what? Any idiot can swear. He can cover his stupidity by swearing. I I heard... uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on the radio here, it's been, I don't know, at least six months ago to a year, talking about how that swearing is a sign of a higher IQ. And he was, he was promoting it. Uh, you call yourself a doctor. Profanity is a public announcement of stupidity. Swearing is a lax man's way of trying to be emphatic. My grandpa, my, my mom's dad, had a pretty uh, bad temper. He was a very quiet man, but when he got mad, you knew it. He was mad through and through. I've seen him take some poachers that were on his land threatening to shoot him and chew them out to the point where all four of these guys, in their pickup against my grandpa, were saying, yes sir, no sir, I'm sorry sir, and almost in tears when they drove off of the land and never came back. And he did it without using a single swear word. He never used a swear word in his life. It's a lax man's way of trying to be emphatic. He could get his point across because he wasn't stupid. (laughs) About telling the truth, a lie is a coward's way of getting out of trouble. Truth is as clear as a bell, but it isn't always told About boasting, when you sing your own praise, you always get the tune too high. Don't brag, it isn't the whistle that pulls the train. It isn't the whistle that pulls the train. Just a few thoughts I I found and thought were interesting as we're talking about speech tonight. What is excellent speech? Well, it isn't lying, it isn't bragging, it isn't self-serving. There are just a few things, I want to look at it. Tonight, as we, uh, I have several passages of Scripture to look at. Let's have a word of prayer and, uh, and see. Consider, uh, what is my speech day to day? What do I focus on when I'm talking? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for our time together tonight. I ask that it would be profitable for each one that's here. Father, that we would grow in your word and in the knowledge of you. And Lord, that you'd be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Christ's name and pray, amen. Alright, so number one, I see in Scripture that excellent speech is gracious. It is gracious. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Ooh. We're gonna we're gonna read verse five with it tonight. Colossians four five says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. He says, We need to have wisdom because time is short. We don't have a lot to spend. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Excellent speech is with grace, seasoned with salt. It's it's palatable then. <laughs> Uh, what do we put salt on food for, make it taste better, to make it more pleasant? He says, listen, let your speech be always with grace. We don't, we don't have a chance, I mean, we don't have a, an excuse for those harsh words then. If I'm gracious, then I'm going to redeem the time. That is walking in wisdom towards them. That is striving for excellence in my speech. Steve and I had a situation the other day and we both just kind of walked away because we weren't going to answer with grace at the moment. Had a countertop we were supposed to be picking up and instead of keeping it for us, they threw it in the dumpster. That's what they told us. $860 piece of countertop. What in the world? Who does this? Threw it in the trash. What's the first thing you want to do? Well, you idiot! You, how stupid can you be? Redeem the time. We, we, had, we had to walk away because the speech is to be with grace. We're not to be that way. Walk away and, and give, give, you, give yourself some time to, to have a little grace in your speech. Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25, 11 and 12. There's so many times you see somebody do something and the first thing you want to say is, Well, you idiot. What were you thinking? Most of the time I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> Proverbs twenty-five, eleven, and 12. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. I, I thought this was interesting. The... the- the word fitly spoken like, is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Is what came to my mind when I was thinking of speech that is with grace. It's uplifting. It's spoken from a heart of love, and, and, it's, and it's perfect in its, in its uh, context and in its timing. It's, it's right. But verse 12 says it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing. It was interesting to me. You you understand that not all the words that are with grace are going to be easy to take. He said, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. So the reproof needs to become with grace, but the wise person will be obedient and listen to it too. There's, there's two parts to that right there. I'm willing to listen if I'm wise. I want to be reproved if I'm wise. Our flesh doesn't like that. Anytime you're told you're wrong, what's your first response? What do you know? Who are you? But if I'm if I'm coming in with grace in my heart and I say, Brother or sister, I see this in your life and I care about what's gonna happen and I and I'm concerned about you and, and I, I wanna I want you to know that I see something in your life. It's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It's like a perfect painting. It's, it's right. And it's uplifting. It's edifying. And, and the obedient ear will listen and be blessed by it. Gracious words don't have to, to be only flattery. Uh, the Bible says to be careful of those that flatter. To watch them. Many times they're liars. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. They will be pleasant words. Words that are gracious will be pleasant. Verse 24, uh, well, verse 23, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. You want to edify one another? Go along and say something that is sweet, (laughs) that is pleasant. There are, there are, it is necessary. There are times when we need to come along and give a compliment and say, you know what? I appreciate you. I'm thankful for what you've done this week. Or, or I see the work that you've been doing for the last 25 years, and I thank the Lord for that. It's, it's a necessary thing, and it, it shows grace, it shows love and compassion one to another. Pleasant words. You know where I find the hardest to be The most complimentary confession here. It's towards my children. Those that I treasure the most. Not always the most complimentary toward them. Pleasant words. They build up. They strengthen. Like it adds strength to the bones, the Bible says. It's health to the bones, sweet to the soul. We're built up by pleasant words. Those words that are excellent are pleasant words. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 10, verse 12. Verse 12 says, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow him up. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. They are loving. They're kind. They don't backbite. They don't gossip. We don't don't run one another down behind each other's back. We're going to have excellent speech. It's going to be seasoned with salt. It's going to be... It's going to be full of grace that only comes from God. You know, excellent speech is sound. And by sound, I mean it it can't be... um, There can be no accusations brought against it. There's no fault found in it. Titus chapter 2, verse 8. Titus chapter 2. We see what some advice for the aged men, the aged women... The young women, the young men, how we're supposed to live our life. It says in verse 6, Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all, thi- all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Sound speech. Can that be said of us? What he says is right. What he says is honest. What he says is above reproach. Above reproach. I, I know I've given the testimony of my time working for Potter Construction, five years of working as an iron worker, and I loved the work. I did not love my co-workers. They were rough. They were were crude. Uh, To a man, I, I didn't work with one except for my boss who had any respect for anything of the Scripture or anything of my lifestyle. They thought I was a weirdo, a fool. And their goal in those five years, was to make me swear. They wanted to hear me use a swear word. Like, we know you do it. They just, you don't do it around us. And I said, listen, I endeavor not to. And I made it four and a half years. And I swore one time while working for them. In a, in a moment where I thought I was going to die, I, I let out one swear word, and I, and I the moment passed, I had time to, to uh, stole my heart rate, and was so ashamed of myself. All that time, especially a couple guys, had worked with me the whole time. They had seen me consistent with this, and in one slip... They said, I knew it. I knew it. That's what I heard. It's like God turned and looked at me. The speech was not sound anymore. They had nothing to say against me for four and a half years, although they tried their very best. And one time, I allowed one word to ruin a testimony. Sound speech. We have to guard it. It takes diligence. You know, that's been 20 years ago that I worked for that company. I was 19 when I started. I was 23 when I quit. It's been 20 years ago. I've worked for Christian men or in Christian uh, in ministry since then, except for a couple years of the city of Temple. So in in 20 years, I've had jobs where I worked around Christian men that do not swear. That that stuff's still in my head because I allowed it in back then because I wasn't diligent. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. Young people, you cannot be too careful. We were talking on the way into town that that there's one individual that may be running our church down right now. And I said, well, if he does, if this individual does, it's a lie. It's a lie. So we don't have to worry about it. If they're running you down and it's a lie, you don't have to worry about it. You know, between you and God, that you're right, then we don't have to worry about it. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. The world's going to, the Bible says that. But we know it's a lie, then then we're confident in God. But if my speech is not sound, I lose that confidence. Go with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We're going to read 1 through 13, almost the whole chapter, not quite. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about the whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. So even, or even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth! And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind." But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. That's quite a statement. I've always read that verse and thought, man alive. (laughs) There's one thing in this world that cannot be tamed it's your tongue. In and of yourself, then, you cannot stop it. (laughs) That's interesting. I grew up riding horses. I know, I know that I understand the, the analogy of the bit. You put it in the mouth, and it controls the horse. It's just a small little thing. Yet we can't control the tongue. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive, olive berries? Either a vine figs, so can no fountain bring or both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man among you, and endued with knowledge, or who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Let's stop right there. He says. Listen, you're going to show wisdom. It's going to control your tongue. Out of, the, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of that mouth, there shouldn't be cursing and blessing, both. How many people, and I don't, I don't have Facebook on my phone, I still have an account somewhere out in the internet universe, but I don't have anything to do with it anymore. I have Facebook Messenger so I can communicate with some people used to see it all the time. One individual would, would, would uh, put on a scripture verse one day, and the next day, they're putting some comment on there, just laced with cursing. And this came to my mind. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. God is dishonored by that. We're to have sound speech that cannot be condemned And it should be those who are walking with God. It should be those that are His. Are careful with our tongue. Excellent speech is gracious. It's sound. And lastly tonight, it's Spirit-led. Spirit-led. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 4 says this, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul was talking, the speech that I gave was not my own wisdom, and it was in my own strength. It was given by God. It was a demonstration of His Spirit and of His power. I want to turn around and go back up to verse 1. We're going to read all the way through verse 7. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He, he's not saying that his speech wasn't excellent. He wasn't coming with polished speech. He wasn't a, a great orator or, or uh, Joel Olstein. Um, his hair wasn't pristine. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if Joel Olstein insures his hair. Uh, he likes that pretty look. Why? Because it's about him. Paul didn't come about Paul. He declared unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, unto our glory, he said, "My speech is with the Spirit of God. I want that to be my testimony. I want that to be our testimony. When I speak it's by the Spirit of God. I'm led by him. it's not polished it's not, it's not uh, written down perfectly in, in, in a book here, so I can get every, every punctuation right and, and all of my uh, emphasis perfect. I do strive to, to, uh, to speak plainly and, and, and make it right, but why? Because I want it to be to the glory of God. I hope we're that way. I hope everything I say is led by the Spirit of God. Everything that you say is, is according to His Spirit, His power. We say, we're, we say we're scared to witness, and, and the majority of us are. Let's, let's be honest. Every one of us has some fear in those moments. When the opportunity comes, we wrestle a little bit with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know what they're going to think. I, they may give me a question that I'm not ready for, or they may tell me how stupid I am, or they may yell at me. But if I'm led by the Spirit, I can go in confidence. I love Proverbs 16.1. The answer of the... Uh, ah, I knew it. It's on, my, it's on the wall in my office because I need this verse. The preparation of the hearted man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. If I'm walking in the Spirit, if it's Spirit-led, then He's going to teach me and tell me what to say in the moment. I don't have to be scared to go and talk to anyone if I'm walking in the power of God. And when I'm walking in the power of God, that speech is going to be sound, can't be questioned, and it's going to be gracious, it's going to be loving, it's going to be kind, even if it is reproving. It's done out of love, it's done out of compassion, out of a mind of Christ. I want to have excellent speech. We started in Proverbs 17:7. 7, Excellent speech becometh not a fool. I don't want to be considered a fool. We read Proverbs through um, every morning, that, most every morning at breakfast. We have the proverb of the day. So much of Proverbs is about not being a fool, having wisdom. Not following our own understanding, leaning on God and letting Him lead. Well, if I am Spirit-led, my speech will be excellent to His glory, to lift up His name. Let's strive to have excellent speech this week. Father, thank you again for our time this evening. I ask that you would guide us this week in all that we do. That we would be excellent, strive for excellence that only comes from you. Lord, that that the motive for that excellence is that your name be glorified, that you be lifted up, and allow, Lord.